Hey everyone, welcome to the Curious Girl Diaries podcast. I'm Layla London, aka The Curious Girl. Now just to let you know, this podcast is not suitable for work. It's also not suitable for anybody under 18. But the rest of you consenting adults, let's get ready to talk about my sex life, sex in general, and everything in between in explicit, raunchy, fun detail. Alright, here we go. Ah, oh, Nikki, Nikki, Nikki. She introduced me to the lifestyle. She is, she was something else. Well, that's one of the biggest things that people do not understand about what it is to be a dominant. Dominants do serve, dominants are nurturers. Can I let out a little secret? Yeah. I've already, I've already done that twice today. What, the wine? Yeah. You did the wine twice yesterday? Twice. Today. Oh, uh, oh, uh, you cheater. What do you mean? You should have called me. All right. Hello, everyone. Guess what? I have a really, really big surprise. Today, I'm going to do my interview with a dom. I have with me today, Sir Inc. And I just want to introduce him. Say hello. Hello, hello, hello. Well, first of all, I want to thank you so much for agreeing to do this. As I've been telling Uh, my... Go ahead. Oh, no, the pleasure is mine. Thanks. I've been telling my listeners... For the longest time and they're probably like please would you hurry up and do this stop teasing us with it i've been telling them for the longest time how excited i am to talk to you and i have a lot of questions i want to say that i don't believe that one interview is going to be enough i just have to start with that mm-hmm. because i'm kind of getting into generic stuff okay. but what i'm hoping we can do is you know over time and really you know, throughout this year for the Curious Girl Diaries is I would love to be able to interview you more often and also get feedback from my listeners and as to what they'd like to know from you. But just as for today, what I really want to, what I'm hoping to accomplish is to kind of give a general overview of BDSM and then also kind of dispel a lot of the myths that are floating around out there because as I've gotten into this and learned, you know, sort started to scratch the surface from my own experiences. What I really believe is that there's a huge misconception about it. So, you know, I'm hoping that today we can kind of address some of those issues, you know, get a little down and dirty, which, you know, as you know, this is not a PG show. So we are free to no, say, no, what, no. Yeah, we're free to say whatever we want. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, you know, let's, uh, let's get started. So the first thing I want to do is just tell people kind of how we met. And if you don't okay. mind, I'll, I'll kind of, we, we can go back and forth on this, but I'll, right. uh, I'll lead in with the backstory. Um, okay. I, my listeners know that I've had somebody that was sort of, I say, you know, for lack of a better term, sort of stalking me, harassing me for quite a while. It it took me a while to figure out what the fuck was going on. And I actually filled in the blanks by finally reaching out to you because this person was saying that you were her dom. And when I reached out to you, uh, you know, you said, no, (laughs) that's not the case. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, um, so maybe we can kind of, you know, fill people in on, you know, what the, what the truth of the matter is. Excellent. Yes. Um, so it's very funny here, right? Um, 
I think a lot of online, when you talked about is deeper than just um, than what you thought. This is part of it, right? This is people who are living like these fantasy relationships online, whether the other person is participating in it or not. And people have formed this whole family when I met because this woman just decides that you and I were somehow together and doing things by her back. And she's not owned by me. She's not my submissive. But in her mind, she's made herself out to be my submissive and all this. And she just targeted you. I don't even know why she targeted you. But, you know, everything happens for a reason because we're doing really big things. (laughs) Thanks to her. Well, and so there's the funny part about that is that I kind of say, well, it's, it's, it's clear to me, it's kind of the first time that I'm seeing karma in action. (laughs) This person has, (laughs) has pretty much, you know, I mean, uh, harassed me, made fake profiles to track me and follow me, which she still does. Um, and also say post slanderous and untrue things about me as well as reaching out to any guy that she thinks I have a relationship with and trying to entice them and then taunt me with that. I mean, it's just, it's fucking crazy. I don't know how to even describe it, but other than to say, which I've said one time before, there was a point where one of the guys I see told me that women were crazier than men when it came to stalking. And I didn't believe him. And I said, Oh no, 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 no. But I've said it once. I will say it again. He's so true. There is a special brand of crazy (laughs) that women can bring to the table. And it's, it's, it's a fine line. All I can say, ladies, is it's a fine line. I know how passionate I can get, but this, this is this is this is in a totally different realm. And I know you've yes. been. I know that you've been on the receiving end of it. I think you told me for a couple of years. <laughs> so yeah. So when for you a couple t- years, yeah. Right when you told me that, I said, "Well, all right. I guess he's got it's. I'm not the only one, but the, <laughs> the but the but the silver lining to the story obviously is." Then I got to know you and started talking to you. And I have to say, I find you so fascinating. And the things that you're saying really resonate with me. And that's why I'm really looking forward to uh, working with you more to help people better understand this lifestyle. Because I do think it's misunderstood. And I think you have a really good handle on it. And, um, and I hope that, you know, we provide through these interviews, some benefits to people out there. So that's kind of, that's the plan. All right. So with that, yay, yay, I know. So with that said, let's Uh jump, let's jump into our first set of questions here. Okay. All right. Right. Okay. So, you know, define for me what you think a true, you know, dominant master or sir is. So, with different uh, types of doms, and speak on the the mastery, the master part, and uh, I find myself to be a master and a sir, and 
One of the differences, people have a misconception of what a master is. They think a master is one that has slaves and all those things. And that's just not the case. It can be the case, but that's not the case. Being a master is someone who masters things. You you master yourself. You master your craft. You master your life. You master your finances. You master every aspect of your life. And that bleeds into relationships where you don't necessarily go in forcing someone to be a certain kind of way. A master is someone who can figure out the type of submissive they're dealing with and construct a sort of way of life or life and rules and protocols and those kind of things tailored to that specific submissive. Um, There are some dominants who are just one way. That's just one way, um, you know, a, uh, a daddy dom is just one, can be just one way. But a master kind of knows how to take different aspects and blend them in to make a, a kind of more of a harmonious kind of situation. A master more so can do with any type of submissive. Um, some, some, some doms can't deal with different types of submissives. Like brats are very hard to deal with. Like um, sirs may not deal with brats very well. A master could, maybe a daddy dom could, but other dominants may not be able to deal with, uh, you know, brats. So it's like that. Okay, I get it. I'm getting it. So it's just kind of, it's basically that these are sort of generic terms, but or, you know, or or dominant submissive is more of a painting it in a broad stroke. And then you kind of get Mm -hmm. into specific areas of what everybody covers. And the more you understand about each one of these terms, the more you kind of understand a little bit about the dynamic or even more of a generic kind of subset. Um, Okay. So I know you were introduced to this dominant submissive concept by your first submissive, which I find that very fascinating. Can you Mm -hmm. give the listeners some details on that? Uh, Nikki, Nikki, Nikki. She introduced (laughs) me to the lifestyle. She she was something else. Um, She was a very interesting woman to herself. And we had gone through different things like groups on Facebook. We had gotten to this polyamorous group and she kind of opened my mind up to that. And then she one day was like, you know, she always had this edge about her. And so she was like, I like certain things. Oh, okay, what's that? And then she would talk about BDSM. And I thought, you know, hey, is this kink, you know, whips and chains. Oh, you like to be tied up. Okay, I can tie you up. But uh, what she really was showing me was how relationship-based it was. And it was really a way of her exercising her her hurt, her pain, some things from her past, or really a, her way of working through it, through different situations, different sessions, different conversation, different, um, you know, painful times of the year. Uh, there was different things that uh, I, I didn't realize that, you know, this is what people do it for. And so when I got more into it and she introduced me to, diff, you know, a couple of different books and some information, I was just fascinated. And then I could see why she would choose me to 
one, introduce me to this, and two, see me as her dominant. And it's because I'm a very, I would say, level-headed person. I think more um, non-emotionally based, I would say. I make very, you know, rational decisions and things like that. And uh, I take care of people. And those are the things that were, that are strong in dominance. And so once I understood that, and once I really understood what dominance were, then I understood it for myself. But it's not something that you can just be in and uh, to say, hey, I'm a dominant. Do what, I, do what I say. It's not that easy. And I'm not one to just jump in anything anyway without really trying to understand the more uh, deeper meaning to it all. I don't want to do anything just to do it. So uh, it was something that resonated with me and it's really changed my life. Yeah, I got that. I mean, I definitely, that's been my, that's been my takeaway. Now, you also said something else to me that I just thought was really interesting as well. And I think it would be great for people to hear is, you know, you've said that a dominant is a nurturer. Can you explain what you mean by that? Yes. So... A lot of what we see, we're going to talk part about the misconception is just do everything my way. And it seems like the submissive is the one that does all the serving. However, a dominant serves as well. A dominant must know how to take care of a person. Um, And one of the simplest forms is aftercare, right? You have these sessions and you may use a paddle or you may use um, a pinwheel or something that, you know, and these sessions can be a little dramatic. And so you as a dominant, having your will done to someone else, them agreeing to it, you have to also provide them a way of coming down. You can't just simply give them a glass of water and tell them, okay, you know, you'll be okay in a minute. You have to console them uh, if they cry through the session or, you know, um, they're, uh, going through some pain or whatever, you have to know how to soothe them, maybe have ointments on hand, blankets, you know, soothe the music, tea, water, anything that's specific to that person that makes them feel comfortable. Something that can bring them down. That's not a alcoholic beverage or a narcotic. Right. Uh, you yeah. know, just right? <laughs> right. Right. Just natural things like maybe some music, changing the lights up, mm-hmm. talking, cuddling, holding, massaging, all those things. So those things are are things of a nurture, of a nurturing nature. That's those are things that uh unfortunately doesn't come easy for everybody. Not everybody was taught how to really take care of someone else. So uh, it, it's challenging for some people. And that's one of the biggest things that people do not understand about what it is to be a dominant. Dominants do serve dominance or nurturers, but it's not talked about a lot. And maybe that's because of the false uh, male ego that's being portrayed through, through domination, uh, which really just hurt people, hurting people. But uh, when you really understand your role, it's a lot of work. It's not just telling someone what to do. It takes a hell of a person to have the courage to have someone that you have to actually try to provide guidance and instruction for and nurture them. That's It's a responsibility. Yeah, I, I get that. And I've, you know, I've seen that. Um, the other day I mentioned on my last podcast that 
I was having a conversation with somebody for the first time about the whole BDSM lifestyle and his, you know, just kind of generic response. And it wasn't, it wasn't judgmental at all, but what he said was, you know, I don't know much about that. It just seems that, you know, from what I've seen that this, that this is somewhat disrespectful to women and I love women and I I can't be, you know, I, I can't treat someone poorly. And, and that really, you know, that struck a chord with me because I thought, hey, there's just, there are a lot of misconceptions out there. And, and, you know, and I started to explain that to him, but what do you personally feel are the biggest misconceptions about the whole BDSM lifestyle? I know we've touched on a few, but it's kind of a broad, you know, this is kind of paint it in broad strokes. The, one of the, the biggest misconception is that you actually have to live it the way they portray it in movies. The whole relationship, once you understand your role in the relationship part of it, whether you're dominant or submissive, once you understand what type you are, who you are, your limitations, and and the limits that you want pushed, once you understand that, you come to the table with a whole new understanding. So you don't go at anything saying, I want to be like Christian Grey. No, I am myself, I'm Sir Inc., and I'm going to live this the way I want to live it. And you meet someone based upon how you are and how they are. You figure out, can y'all work through some things together? Your relationship with one submissive or dominant may be non-physical. Another one might be physical. Some things y'all do some things that I would do with one submissive, I'm not going to do with the other one. And that's okay. And I'm not going to use a paddle on one. And I know she doesn't like that. And I'm not going to do a tickle fetish on this one when I know that's what she doesn't like. So that's the whole part of being like a master. Like you have to understand that different people want different things and you can't force, you can, you can force yourself on someone and tell them that this is what you have to do because there's a lot of people out there that like blank canvases. They just come, oh, I want to be a submissive. Okay, do this, do that, do this, do that. And But it has nothing to do with, is that good for her? Is that something that she needs? Is that something that she likes? Is that a boundary that she wants to be pushed? You know, these things need to be discussed and we do not discuss that. We look at pictures and say, I want to be the guy in the suit with a woman looking up to me and, you know, crawling on her knees. Yeah. And I got to change my neck. Begging to suck your cock and like this begging is. Begging to suck my cock. Because <laughs> I need that. Because I need that for my ego. Right. You know, my right. ego. That's people with egos need those kind of things. You know, uh, these are guys that don't really win with women. These, a lot of guys, I'm going to say a lot of people who are not really thinkers, in my opinion. Because if you're a thinker, you really don't have to, you don't really need those kind of things. You don't have to force yourself on someone. You can figure out, okay, that doesn't work for her. Well, let me give her what she really wants. Because in the end, I'm a giver. So I want to make sure that this experience is not only good for myself, but it's good for you first. I want to make sure that I please you first. Because the only way that you're going to really give yourself more to me is if I can prove to you that I can reach into those deeper parts and bring them out, push your limits and, you know, and, and basically hug you after. Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> I think I just, yeah, right? I think my, 
I'm going to have to change my panties after that answer. <laughs> okay. That's it. <laughs> you just hit the nail on that. Okay. Oh. Oh, this is why I love talking to you. Okay. I, I'm not, I have to keep my composure here. Uh, I heard you say that every woman wants to be protected from herself. How can that be? And can you elaborate on that? Yes. Well, traditionally, and even today, most women, I would say, seek women, seek men out for protection. Uh, That's a big part of the relationship is protection. And the one person that she, the very first person she needs protection from is herself. And the reason I say that is because women are very elaborate thinkers. They're very right side brain thinkers, which deals with art and things like that. So women see things in a different way. What they need a man for with protection is just to be a stabilizing force, to be able to help her sort out those those thoughts, those emotions, and, and, and correlate them with her actions for success. Also, if you like have a woman who's not really with you, so to say, in her mind, if she don't really respect you, She'll undermine you with the kids. She'll undermine you with your, you know, with friends and family. So you really gotta have a, you know, a woman who wants your guidance uh, and your protection. And understands that, you know, the things that you're saying to her is not in a uh, just do it my way kind of way. But you explain it to her in a way that she understands, and you know, you two can grow together. Yeah. So you know, I have a kind of a. An interesting perspective on this myself. Um, I, I tend to just be a little more, even though I'm completely, you know, independent and have been, I still have kind of in relationships, tradition, very traditional, a traditional mindset. And I like the traditional gender roles. But what I've found or realized about myself is because I've had to be, you know, so independent as a woman and we're in a time and a place where, you know, women can do anything they set their mind to and all that's great. I mean, I'm, I'm all for that, but there's somewhat a little bit of a price to pay for that because when you come home and you try to take that hat off and then be a woman and compliment to a man, it, it gets, it's hard. You know, there's times where I feel like, and I know that I have undermined, you know, I have done things that undermine good relationships and good men that I've had in my life. And it's just because, you know, you, you're out there and you're such, you're, you're, you're aggressive and you got that testosterone going out there in the business world and then you come home and, you know, and then you got to bring that soft energy forward and, and be aggressive with that soft energy. And there's a huge juxtaposition in that. And some, you know, I, I just, understanding it helps you know what the fuck you're doing and how you're fucking things up. But, you know, if you don't, it's kind of, you know, for a while, it can be kind of like, well, how come, you know, why isn't, why isn't stuff working? And I really believe that, I think that men, men need to be men and women need to be women. You know, we have to figure out a way to make that happen when we come together as a couple. So let me, let me, so let me say it to you like this, right? So there are times when uh, 
most men, when they get off of work, they more than likely really don't want to talk about work, especially if they don't like their job. So a man will rather, you know, like maybe he'll listen to some music or he'll have a drink, go to the bar or smoke a cigarette or cigar. He'll have some kind of way of decompressing, which really doesn't deal with talking about it. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Because men are very, yeah. men mm-hmm. are very problem-solving solve, oriented, right? Yeah. And women like to talk. Yeah. So the thing about a woman is she's going to come home, she's going to talk about all the work and da 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 totally emotionally dump yeah. the work that. But the problem with that is, is not after the conversation is over, women still hold on to the work day where men completely know how to let go. Yeah. And like we, we have distractions like sports and, you know, and things like that. Things that guys like to do that really make no sense to women. But those are the ways that we handle, you know, the pressures of society and work. And so that's important to understand because men are very hot, fiery creatures, right? And women are more moist, watery creatures. Yeah. Well, if you're watery, Moist and water holds things. So women just by nature are going to, if they're having bad interactions all day at work for eight hours, they need time to really let all that out. And and you guys don't want the answer to the problem because y'all know every fucking thing already. Right. right? I know everything. Yeah. So y'all really don't want the answer to the question. Y'all really just want to let all that out. We want you to out. listen. We just want you to listen. Absolutely. Where men, where men. Well, you want us to shut the fuck up. <laughs> Well, a mature man understands th- yeah. what we're talking about, right? Yeah, yeah. But there are times where even that man needs, okay, you get, you've given me enough of that, right? <laughs> yeah. And right because mm-hmm, what, mm-hmm. because what because what I what I I understand from experience is sometimes a woman don't know how to shut it off. She'll let work grind her up all night long, mm-hmm. and the thing about coming home is when you come home, this is your sanctuary. So all your troubles, let's talk that out for a minute and then let's leave that alone. Yeah. Because it, it, cause I, I can't let you wear me down over your problems that you really don't want to solve. You just want to talk about them. So that's what frustrates men because men are very, very um, problem-solving oriented. Yes. So to hear somebody just talk about a problem, all the, a recurring problem all the time, you know, daily with, with, with no plan of action is frustrating. But as I said, mature men understand that, and they try to nurture a woman in a way that allows her to let herself let that out, and then you know bring her back into being in that soft place as a woman. Because the hardest thing for a woman is to be able to turn it off, and that's what I'm saying about protection from herself. Because a woman will self sacrifice herself, will self um, loathe. Uh, will self-indulge in that negative kind of thought process where men will a lot of times will shut it off or we'll do something to get the energy off. Um, but we have, like, we, we do things physical. So the man might come home and change the oil or he might do this. or he might, And it seems like he's taking time away from you, but really he needs that right there to get that energy out. So. Yeah. No, I agree. I think so kind of just to maybe put condense that, I think what it sounds like you're saying is a really good dom just knows how to channel that for a woman. Is that right? Yes. Okay. Okay. So this is a big, this is a three-part question. 
Okay. And I want to know, how do you pick a submissive? Okay. What are you really looking for? And do you have any advice to doms on how they select a submissive? Are you sure you want to ask me that? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That if I had... If I had the ultimate answers to that, I would be rich. You'd sell it that, and that you'd be rich. That would be the answer to all single people looking to be <laughs> in relationships. <laughs> but I would say, I would say, one, you have to know yourself as a dominant. And you would try to find someone who you can connect with and it's just more than like I'm a dime you're a sub so you're gonna be my sub that, that it doesn't really happen like that you know there's certain types of doms like a uh, a daddy dom may not like to have a slave because a slave is just I give everything to you all decisions everything that I do all my movements what I eat what I do blah 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 all those things are strictly your uh, responsibility. Mm-hmm. Whereas the, you know, whereas a daddy dom, he likes a baby girl, somebody he can pamper, or somebody he can, you know, that's going to be a little childish that he can, you know, kind of correct in a certain way. And, you know, daddy dom is different. You know, he, he deals with different types of submissives. So you have to know who you are first, your, your style. And then you have to try to find someone who, you basically like the way they are and their submission and the things that they bring to the table and see if you can really um, together make it to different levels in BDSM. So let me ask you one follow-up question that have just out of curiosity, have you ever had a, you know, a sub where you just, it, it kind of on the surface on paper, it's like, this just looks, this just doesn't make sense. But as far as your, dominant submissive dynamic it just worked I I have no I haven't had that experience too much I haven't had that experience too much for me uh, I look for uh, someone who's going to be compliant Mm -hmm. Uh, I have a more adaptable personality there's certain things that I, I won't tolerate but I look for compliance. If a person, if a submissive can listen well and she pays attention to me, then we can, I can pretty much work with a submissive like that. If they meet all the other little things that, you know, uh, like I like the way she looks, I like the way she smells, you know, those things. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if, if those things match up, then I could probably work with her. But there's a lot of people who come into the lifestyle and they're really passive aggressive. And we call it topping from the bottom when it comes to submissives. They really want to say, oh, I'm submissive. But they really try to force their agenda on the relationship, you know. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times uh, some some <clears throat> some dominants are straight. Do this <laughs> all things my way and nothing else. And then there's more doms that are more negotiable, right? And I can negotiate, um, but I won't negotiate on being taken advantage of. And so that needs to be understood. And some women have that already built in them. They come to the table like, hey, like I respect the man and, you know, I'm willing to do some things, blah, blah, blah. These are the things I don't, I won't do. 
da, 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 that's good. But then there's some women who are really just um, romantics, who really just like a little kinky sex. And then they just say, well, I'm going to do this. I'm, I'm a submissive because they just really want a man. They're not really a submissive. You know, a submissive doesn't need a dominant to be submissive. She's just submissive and in and, and every way. If she was in a vanilla relationship, there's still submissive traits that she's going to have, just like a dominant man. Even if a dominant man is in a vanilla relationship, he's still going to be a dominant man. But there's certain parts about BDSM that he won't that he won't be able to exude mm-hmm. uh, or explore. But he's still going to be a very, you know, uh, what I can, you know, I like very, um, you know, strong men who are strong in their position, who actually care and who actually plan their life out. Uh, those those guys are more the steady ones and the ones who have more. Uh, more than likely have steady relationships. All right. So the next thing I want to jump, kind of jump back to, I know we talked about this a little bit earlier here in our, our talk is, you know, it's, it's been said that 50 shades of gray isn't a true representation of Mm -hmm. the BDSM community. Right. And that it plants unrealistic pictures about the lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Can you, Share your thoughts on that. Yes. Um, the uh, Like anything that's kind of new and kind of edgy, uh, the movie does touch on some things that happen in the lifestyle, but it's more sensationalized. And when it's sensationalized and it picks up, you know, and it, and it, and it blows up the way it did, you just have people jumping in. Um, so that speaks to the, to the woman that is just lonely and wants a man. And she's like, you know, I like cooking dinner and I like cleaning my house. I'm a submissive, you know? And, and so people just look at certain things and think, oh, he wants somebody that's going to serve him dinner or serve it to him on a platter. Or, you know, they think that those things are the things that make a submissive, um, a submissive woman. And that's just not the case. So you have a, you just had a, a, a influx of people, running in, wanting to get into play and wanting to have these experiences, which is like going from zero to a hundred. And, you know, there's so many layers that you need to get to before you even get in a room. And it doesn't happen with your boss all the time. You know, oh, my boss is flying me to Aspen and, you know, and we're going to be in this cabin and then he's going to introduce me to this and he's going to tie me up. Like those things don't happen. And I'm sure, (laughs) right, I'm sure Dom would meet with a submissive several times and foster a relationship with her. And when I mean a relationship, uh, just a, a connection with her to where he earns her trust and then they can talk about things like that. But it never goes that quick. And so movies go within, you know, an hour and a half, two hours. Right. So people don't, people aren't patient enough today to say, hey, I could have that. I would like to have that with someone and it, it might take me time. So people get in relationships and they like, well, I want that right there. Not necessarily all the Christian gray, rich stuff, but just the whole, I want a man to take control of me. I want a man to dominate me. You know, it's that kind of sensationalism that bring out extreme personalities. And then all those extreme personalities get into the lifestyle and it just makes it look crazy. You know what? I agree with you. And I don't know if I ever actually told you this, but when I first started, you know, the Curious Girl Diaries and the, you know, basically kind of exploring the BDSM or having that type of 
experience was on my bucket list. At that point, I didn't understand that, you know, it's really not a bucket list item. You know, I mean, that was just like, okay, I'm going to do this and just check. I'm going to scratch that off and be on my merry little Mm -hmm. way and then go back to my vanilla life. I didn't, you know, I didn't, I absolutely did not get the concept. Um, But what I did get on the front end was, and and this is the thing that I want to kind of put out there for anybody that's listening that's new, is what I got was a bunch of, what I call like ding dong doms. I mean, or wannabe, you know, I mean, just the worst of the worst coming out, coming at you. And, and I'm strong enough that, you know, that was just so off putting. I was like, you know, I mean, immediately these guys are coming out, out of the gate at me. And, and I'm, you know, and I'm instantly, I'm thinking, well, who the fuck do you think you're talking to? You know? And, and, and so that it was off putting. And I thought maybe this is just, maybe I cannot experiment with this or experience this because I can't be the way these guys, you know, are, it's like a frontal full, like frontal assault, you know? And so you got to put your defenses up. And what I, obviously I got past that, but what I realized was those guys are just jokesters. I mean, they're not, they're not dogs. These are the, probably the guys that, you know, just thought, Hey, I can, we can just get chicks this way or we can talk, we can talk to women this way and tell them to call me, you know, automatically address me as sir. And, um, you know, when they're, you don't have, you don't even have, they don't even know, you know, I don't even know their first name and they don't know mine and nor have they asked. And, you know, and so it's just, it's interesting how, um, you know, all the, you know, the, the, the sensationalization of this lifestyle has brought out, I think on both sides, not just, I mean, definitely there's, I've heard it from, you know, guys that have been in the lifestyle a long time too, that they're, you know, they're all these women are kind of coming forward, like wanting to get into it and not, you know, not, not, representing it properly or not really even knowing what, what it's about. Right. So, so it's the same thing, right? Like even with BDSM, it's the same thing far as human interaction is women looking for relationships and men looking for sex. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) And and then you have people that's kind of in the middle, right. That's that are really wanting connection with someone. And, and the thing about BDSM is, the things that you do, the acts that you get into, the kind of trust that it takes, it takes you a little level. It takes you several level levels deeper than the average relationship. So the connection yes. and the bond that you form with someone becomes a little bit more etched in your your psyche and uh-huh. your spirit than yes. Okay, perfect. This is wait, wait. um, This is the perfect transition because my next question is about that. Okay. And what did what? what, So let me let me just throw it in there, and then you can run with it because really, I mean, we're we're heading right that way. So it just it seems to me, and what so through my experience, and obviously I have done done some done some of this myself, and but what I've come to realize is, you know, it just seems to me that the sub dom dynamic can and does go a lot deeper than, you know, most types of relationships. And I was just wondering if you agree or disagree with that. I think I know the answer, but you know, 
Go ahead. <laughs> I absolutely agree. Um, only because, like, I, like you know, we were. I was touching on earlier when you have when you have when you go into a session with someone and they're giving themselves to you in a way that they're totally compromised. Um, as a as a mentally healthy individual, you don't you know you don't take advantage of a person in that in that situation. Now I've heard very alarming things, and it's one of the reasons why I'm so uh, passionate about talking to people about what was healthy, what's safe, sane, and consensual. Um, because people are out here trusting people who are really sadistic. Um, they have a lot of pain and what they say, hurt people, hurt people. Mm-hmm. And even though some of these scenes and some of these sessions will be a little extreme, if a person's pain threshold is 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 being run over or someone's um, being violated or or starting to feel violated, the person who is the, the the initiator needs to back up, and there needs to be a safe word, a safe gesture, all that. Or you just need to be connected to a person in a way where you know they're uncomfortable, and you have to care. And so, what's going on now with the whole influx with the you know with all this stuff is just. A lot of people are getting hurt and people are missing that when you come in, it's really a relationship. People don't really want to build relationships. Like everybody's impatient. Men want to have sex or they want to have a quick relationship with a girl they look they look like what they like and she's submissive. And she just wants to throw herself at a guy who's going to tell her what to do and be happily ever after. But those things don't happen overnight. Those things are built. Trust is 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 earned in my opinion. You just can't give someone your trust. I think they should earn it. Um, as a dominant, I like to earn a woman's trust that I'm interested in and she's interested in me. I don't want her just to be like, I like you and I trust you. Like, I don't I don't like that. I want a woman to make me feel like, okay, I like you, but, you know, let's work on this. You know, um, it's just the right way to go about it, in my opinion. Uh, I was introduced to the life. I thought it was, you know, I got into it before Fifty Shades of Grey came out. So all I knew about it was whips and chains and leather, masks, you know, stuff like that. And Mm -hmm. my first submissive, you know, she really, you know, schooled me early on the relationship part. And then that's what made me really realize the journey of it all is really about yourself. Um, You can call yourself a dominant man, but anyone can be whoever they want online. But who are you when you're in front of the other person? That's the the difference is showing up and being what you said you were. Yes. Yes. And so just kind of going back, I mean, we're Mm -hmm. kind of agreeing that the there is some deep, deep shit that goes on. I mean, oh, no, you can't go. You can't push a person's limits. You can't experiment with a person's body and that not be etched in a person. That's why you shouldn't really play with someone like that. Right. So if you're going to, if you're going to be in a kind of a love relationship, that's much deeper, but there's a, you know, I've done sessions for submissives that was not sexual at all. You know, they were straight, you know, mm-hmm. she wanted to be put on the cross and, um, and, you know, beat with the uh, with the paddle or spank with the cane or, you know, or trained, you know, how to crawl and, you know, certain different things. But 
those things weren't sexual. So you have to, you know, so there's different types of connections in their lifestyle too. It could be purely, I just want to have a session and you just do a session for someone that has nothing to do with sex. Like there's no sexual contact. If that, I know people, I know it's hard for people to grasp that no sexual contact, but yes, no sexual contact. Like it's just really, you know, maybe someone wants to just do suspension play. They want to be, you know, uh, have the rope put on them in a sabari and suspended from a ceiling. Like they might just want to experience that, but it has nothing to do with them wanting to be, uh, you know, suspended and had the magic wand put in their vagina, you know. Just, <laughs> well, <laughs> right? hold on, hold on now. That's crazy talk. Who does not, what woman does not want that put in, put on their foot. I don't know. The is, <gasps> can, I let the out, can, I let, can I let out a little secret? Yeah. I've already, I like, I've already done that twice today. What, the wand? Yeah. You did the wand twice yesterday? Twice. Today. Oh, uh, uh, you cheater. What you do you cheater. mean? You should have called me. <laughs> I would have breathed deep into your ear. <laughs> No shit. I would have helped you. I should have. Oh my gosh. See, I never considered that. Like yeah, I could have. Uh, oh, I could have a phone a friend. Like I don't want to be alone during my. Hold on. Right. I'm thinking exactly. this through. I don't want to be alone be, during my masturbation. Will you? Be, will you listen? While I'm doing right. 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 I love it. I had, a, <laughs> I had a. I had a um a lover once who, she would call me while I'm working and just masturbate in my ear. <gasps> and I'm sitting here, Fuck. you know, got a guy in a chair. I'm cutting his hair. No. And I'm just listening to her oh, come shit. in my ear. Scream, <gasps> scream my name. And I'm like, okay, when I get home, it's on. Oh, Jesus. When I get home, it's on. That's hot. Yeah. Oh, it is very hot. It's very hot. And I'm like, you know, I'm cutting around a bunch of guys, right? You know, you're putting the pressure on me, right? Ooh. I might I might have to go into the bathroom real quick. Why have I not thought of that? This is a good idea. This I'm 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 committing oh my goodness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm adding it to the list. <laughs> Add that to the list. I will. While he's working, if I'm not on speakerphone, uh-huh. I may have to masturbate in his ear. Yeah, well, I Again, twice today, and I was by myself. Now I feel like, and now I feel like, um, I shortchanged. Like you cheated. I feel like I shortchanged myself. I deserve so much more. You deserve so much more. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Okay, <clears throat> so this is okay. This is kind of a burning question for me. Okay, because. I th- I really want the answer to this, and I'm gonna you know I'm gonna selfishly frame this around my context. Let's we'll answer it two ways. We're gonna do kind of a general answer, mm-hmm. but I also want this for my own selfish reasons because uh, sometimes I feel like I'm not being pushed hard enough, far enough, and and then I get irritated. Right. Okay. And however, you know, I will, I'll just leave it at that. Okay. So, because I have a feeling there's a reason for that. Right. But I, I'm just like, push me, <laughs> you know, I want to be fucking pushed and right. I don't want to go. I want to be on the Autobahn. I don't want to drive the speed limit. 
Right. But I will say that driving the speed limit, this person over time, the results have been phenomenal. I'm not, I'm not going against the results, just that I like the results and I'm, I'm impatient. Okay. I'll say that. Right. Okay. So of course now, but what I want to know is based on what I just said. So how, just now we'll generalize it. How do okay. you know how far you can push a submissive sexually? Because most of those decisions are on your shoulders. If so, I'm just going to speak to your situation. All right, speak right? to me. I'm good. I'm just, I'm just <laughs> speak to you, right? And I don't know. I don't know. I don't know you, the guy that you was that you, that you're dealing with or you dealt with. So you come in like I want that. Right. And you're a boss lady. Right. You're you're a boss lady. You're aggressive, doing, you know, at work. I know you are. Yeah. So you want your way. Right. And yeah. you're probably a little, you're probably just a little bratty, just a little bratty. I, I get uh, definitely I know you're a bratty. Definitely. Right. Yeah. I, 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 I kind of get that from you sometimes. Right. <laughs> yes. Right. Yep. Mm-hmm. So so if he I, I know how he went about that. He was like he could give it to you. And he could, and he probably knew what level you're at, right? He probably knew early on, but he like you know what? Part of it is is depriving you of what you want. And Fuck, I hate that. He you, and he made you wait because it's part of the seduction. It's part of the whole buildup. If a, if he gave you everything you wanted, you wouldn't be interested in him. That's true. He makes you wait. Ah, and see, I hate it. <laughs> see the guy that just wants to have sex with you. He he going uh, uh, uh he won't do everything uh, 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 uh but he burned out quick. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, the true the true the true um, artist of it all. He really wants to do it slowly, and he wants it to be. He wants his name etched in. He don't want to just be the oh I remember him. You want to be like it's him, you mm-hmm. know. It's, it's a difference. Yes. It's a difference. I know. It's a difference. Damn and because it. and because and because you like to talk, you done told him what you want and you wanted your limits pushed. And he was like, okay, wait on that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's all part of it, right? It's it's all part of it. See, a lot of guys would be like, I'm gonna do it because I don't want to lose her. I don't want to lose her attention. But a centered, a more centered guy is gonna be like, it's fine. I'm gonna make her wait, and she even if she leave, it drives me some, fucking crazy. He's not. No one else is gonna give her what I gave her, so she's got to come back, mm-hmm. or she'll wait. Or she'll wait. Yep. Yeah. That's all part of it. Seduction. <laughs> seduction. So and true. Foreplay, right. So <sighs> in BD, and what I like about BDSM, it really makes you work on your foreplay skills. That's why it's the best. Seduction skills. Oh, yes. Oh but you spend a lot you spend a lot more time doing sessions and during sessions that have nothing to do with sex. Sex might be twenty percent of the whole session if you're in a in that kind of relationship or you know, with a person. A session might be twenty percent sex, but the other eighty percent is set up, the atmosphere, how the whole session is gonna go, you know, like you're going to make her wait at the door on her knees. Does she have to have a certain thing on? You know, is she going to knock on her door? Or do you want her, you know, when you walk in the door, do you want her a certain kind of way? 
Um, you know, how you're going to have things set up, what toys you're going to have out to use on her. You know, tonight, do I feel like using metal or do I feel like using leather? So it's a lot that goes into it that true artists, they just love it. I yeah. love it. When I get a session, I, you know, I'm talking to this missive and, and she's like, you know, I'm a little nervous or I'm just anxious. And I'm like, man, I'm sitting here just going through the whole scene in my mind right now. I'm just thinking about how I want it to all go. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. From look, the smell, everything. Like, I love it. I'll put the candles on. What scent do I want? Mm-hmm. What mood am I trying to set? What colors do I want the light? Am I going to use candles? The candles I use, are they going to be the ones that I'm going to, you know, that I can pour yeah. the wax on her? Ooh, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm going to have to go for round three today. <laughs> um, okay. This is a biggie for me. Okay. Because you mentioned to me that you did a rape session with your first submissive. I did. What did that do for her? And what did that do for you? Ooh. So what it did for her was it made her feel so good. And uh, what I did not realize until we actually entered, and she was my friend for years, for years and years and years. And then when we got into the, the, the BDS, when she introduced me into BDSM, and then she became my first sub, um, we started talking about different sessions and doing different things. And she said she wanted to do a rape scene. And I was like, ooh, that's a little heavy. I never... I never thought about that or even thought about doing rape, you know. So it, it takes me from the fantasy to reality. Like, I'm going to do a rape. I'm a raper, you know. And she reassured me uh, through her own experiences that she told me that she needed to do it to kind of uh, not right the wrongs of her past, but to kind of take control over it. And so uh, we did it. And she felt great. She felt elated. I felt kind of misplaced, kind of like, mm-hmm. wow, what did I do? You know, because we, she liked to use knives. So, I, you know, I would drag the knife across her skin, and put the knife to her throat. Um, I didn't cut her or anything like that. We weren't into blood shedding. But um, she liked the knife and, and, and she liked cold steel on her and after the session, she kind of consoled me and was like, listen, uh, I know this takes you out of your realm of, of, uh, of, of the way you were, you know, the way you were, the way you think, the things that you would do. But it's not about that. You just helped me work through something else. And now you really more understand more about BDSM because it's not about you. It's about the submissive. And the, it's not just testing her boundaries, but her testing yours as well. And from that, I grew because now I understood that, okay, it's not just about me taking her and it's like I'm actually raping her. It's about me getting into a character, right, and then doing this, acting this out with her. So this is why masks are good. Maybe getting into character is good because it takes you from being who you are into this character so that you can separate the two things. So you don't look at yourself as like, damn, I would do that. Yeah. Personally, you know, like I would, sure, I would have, I would have the, the, you know, the energy to do something like that. So it, 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 it but it was great, and and though, and that, in that scene, those sessions and a few other things have just bonded me and her 
for life. And I haven't spoken to her in years, but uh, I know that we both, you know, think about each other often. Yeah. We had to. The things that we experienced was, was very deep. Well, maybe mm-hmm. you should uh, just say hello. You want to say hello? To her. No, you should say hello to her. Oh, I sh- yeah. You know what? Just I hello. Should. I should. She so, she actually just she actually moved to Texas mm, out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she. When we were dealing with each other, she had broken up with her husband, and we were dealing together for a couple of years, and then uh, things went awry with us. And I think really she just wanted to go back to her family, which she did. Uh, and then one day she just disappeared. And actually, I saw her oldest son, which is like, he's like 25. And I asked him, how's your mom doing? Tell us hello. He said, she good. I said, where's she at? I said, you know, how y'all how y'all doing? He's like, you know, my mom left a year ago. She's living in Texas. Uh-huh. She done moved with some woman that she's in love with. And it's just, uh-huh. I'm like, oh, Lord. It's, right. it's, I'm, listen, it's the things that people have on their mind. The things that people have experienced in life are very different. And I've been privy to hear some stories from her that are scary. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I understand her behavior. So it's not a big deal. But I, I really wish I had her phone number because I would call her. But some things might be better off left where they are. Well, hmm. All right. Well, we'll, we will leave, we'll leave it at that. But before we move off the subject, I guess just the only thing I want to say just to everybody listening is that, you know, you and I aren't promoting rape or anything like that. This is, this is a role play. It's consensual, non-consent. Consensual play between lovers. Absolutely. Or consensual play in general. Yeah. Um, Yeah. If you're, if you're in the lifestyle, if you absolutely know who you're dealing with, then, you know, it's already consensual. It's already agreed upon um, shared interests. But if you're going to get into a session with someone and that and this is what they want and you're, you know, and you don't know them as well as you would like to, um, then you need to have those things in writing. What you're going to do, how you're going to do it, and make sure that you're protected legally. I would advise that for those who want to do not just a rape scene, but any kind of session, any session that you're going to be in with someone that you really don't know. Well, you probably should have some things down in writing and agreed upon. Yes. If nothing else, y'all both need to do like a little video together, showing that everything's good. No one's under duress and that y'all agree to do a session and all the things that y'all going to do in this session. Yes, I agree. And also just to, just to, just to lift any sort of legal responsibility from you. Again, you and I are not attorneys, but we, you know, if, if, if you're going to be doing something like this and you feel that you, you need, you might want to talk to some, you know, get just some advice on how to do this uh, the proper way so that, you know, all your I's are dotted and T's are crossed. Um, okay. Now, your first podcast spoke mm-hmm. a little bit about Dom's needing aftercare too. Yes. C- can you explain what Dom's really need and what the counterbalance, I'm really kind of curious about the counterbalance 
to, you know, being so strong for someone, someone else is. So those things are, um, those things are, are particular to each uh, dominant. Uh, some dominants might like uh, dinner cooked and on the table. Some dominants might like, um, you know, uh, their cigar cut and their drink made. Uh, there are certain things that uh, a, a submissive should be in tune with her dominant to know without him having to say that makes him comfortable, that allows him to uh, be at his very best. Uh, men work on uh, on respect and women work on adoration. Men like to be respected. And if you understand that man and what he perceives as respect, you do those things, that's, that's taking care of him. Uh, and a woman wants to be adored. She wants to be the center of attention. She wants to know that she's needed and wanted. And uh, and when you understand those things, you come to the table saying that I'm be able to provide that. Um, if a sub lacks consideration for the dominant, then the relationship just turns into all about her and then a dom will check out. And then you have dom drop, like they have sub drop, which is, a relationship ends abruptly or a relationship ends in a way that you didn't like and you really wanted to hold on to that person, but you really, you know, it just ended. And um, there's a feeling of loss. And because you do these sessions and being in this deeper kind of relationship, the separate the, the separation of it is, is hard. It's like an addiction. Oh, yes. It's like, ooh, I might need rehab from her. Oh shit, that's my dealer, and I don't, I don't want rehab. I'm like, give me what you got. Ah, look, <laughs> you, you better be careful what <gasps> you ask for. Ooh. Come on, curious girl, you, mm, 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 be careful what you ask for. No, curious I'm saying, girl. I'm saying that's what it feels like. Yes, it does, it does feel like that's what it and feels it goes like, both, and it goes both ways. Yeah. Yeah, it goes both ways. You know, what's interesting um, is that when you said that men want respect and women want adoration, I was just like, I wrote that down because that is so true. <laughs> because, you know, one particular person and I, we were having a conversation about mm-hmm. respect. And he said, mm-hmm. you know, you don't respect me. And right. and my thing, and then my, but my thing is like, I just... Hey, I just want to be adored. Like I am the right. fuck. I you know I, I've said it a thousand times on my podcast. Like I'm the fucking star of the show. Like right, I'm the star here. I want you mm-hmm. know all attention on me. And so, mm-hmm. so when you said that, I was like, yeah. oh my gosh, you know what you need yes. to do. You need to do like subdom counseling. <laughs> yes, I do. I swear and listen, to God. there's okay. a good book. There's oh. a good book okay. by, uh, written by a young lady I met. Uh-huh. Her name is Ro Cutno. Her book is called Men Lead, Women Follow, Everyone Wins. Yeah. It is a great book. The book, she is a world traveler. She traveled the world. She interviewed thousands of men who are all married, who come from parents that are married, never divorced. Mm-hmm. And she just talked to them about what it took for what what who they are as men and those commonalities 
and what it took for them to be in relationships, what are the behaviors of those men that are in those relationships, and she wrote a book about it. That. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Okay, so I'm going to out myself. I've said this once before as well, too. And you might go, what the hell? Um, I'm a big fan of Dr. Laura. Okay. And she wrote a book. Right. (laughs) A lot of books. But one of it is, one of them, she's, she is... I, I think her, I think I know her husband's passed away, but I swear to God, I think they must have had a dub sub relationship because I'm sorry, dom sub relationship because she just nails it on the head. Like women, you're fucking this up. You know, your man, let right. your man be your man. Anyway, she has a book called The Proper Care and Feeding of Husbands, and okay. it's the same thing. It's not. Right. It's not. And it doesn't. You don't. You don't have to have a husband. It could be. It could be the proper care and feeding of. A dom, what you know, put whatever right. you want in that in that space. last little space. But right. basically, again, it's all about you know, hey, ladies, get out of your own way. You're fucking it up. Yeah, you know, you you gotta let your man lead. You gotta let your man be a man. Otherwise, ugh, what are you doing? You know, and and well, well, people have an issue with saying that you have a role, mm-hmm. and. The thing about BDSM is people come in saying, "We, I have a role. Um, other people that are out here like, I don't want a man telling me what to do or, you know, I don't want a woman that's going to be like this. I mean, people have to find their own way. And what I found is there's a good way of mixing in the old with the new. There are just some things that are staples in relationships and in, in any relationship. And you find those commonalities, like when you read that book, you realize, and then you realize the things that you like, I need to work on that in order to keep a, a good relationship. Yeah. You know, those are things I need to work on. And I mean, we have been altered by societal changes and, but we have to, we become to a point in our maturity, like we want to have some fun, but I got to realize, you know, what are things, what are the staples that, that maintain relationships? And then you try to, uh, work on those things and it's, it takes work it yeah. all takes work but I love BDSM because at least in those relationships everybody coming and saying this is who I am there's no mask involved this is this is who I am this is what I bring to the table I'm going to be the dominant you're the submissive and let's try to put this together we're going to roll like this yeah I, I, I like it too because it sort of frames it frames the roles. I mean, you know, it's up to it's up to the two people involved to really put in the context for each one of those. But at least it frames the roles. And I think that, quite frankly, I think, you know, from my personal opinion, I think those mm-hmm. are the proper roles for men and women, even if it's vanilla. You know, you have to, you have to, I think that's what makes the balance between men and women work. So, um, yes, I agree with you. One hundred percent. Yeah. And, you know, um, it's 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 not easy. It's just not easy. But at least with BDSM, people coming in saying I have a role and I'm willing to and I'm willing to play it. Uh, I just had a lot of vanilla relationships all my life that people didn't come to the table with who they were and what they were willing to do. And so I've gravitated. I'm glad I was introduced to this and I understood I understand more every day why she did and I'm thankful for Nikki introducing me to this oh yes okay so let's keep going here all right it's so to me you know it seems that on a commercial level 
um, maybe, a, you know, a sensationalized mainstream level, you don't hear a lot about love between Adam and his, and his submissive. Mm-hmm. Is there love between Adam and his submissive? It all depends on how the two set the relationship up. If the two, if if it's set up just for training purposes or just doing sessions, no, a submissive should not love her dominant. But if they're going to be in a relationship, like just base relationship that they care for one another, they're going to want to be with one another and make a life together, then yes, love should be entered. But if it's not going to be that growing together situation, a submissive should not love her dominant. It's very dangerous. Okay. Yeah, I I think I agree, I agree with that. Um, all right. Now this is the burning question here. <laughs> Uh, we got one more burning question. We got we have two, few, just two more questions here, but this this oh yeah <laughs> this, one is this one well this is kind of burning too because I just want to know uh, I want to know if I'm not crazy okay but purely you know just on a sexual level purely speaking how much more exciting is the sexual experience on the BDSM side for you versus vanilla sex. Oh, it's 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 uh it's night it's not even night and day, honestly. Uh it's just more expansive. This is more things that your partner is willing to do and willing to explore where, you know, sometimes, you know, vanilla girls may not like uh the pinwheel. They don't like a little pain mixed in with a little pleasure. Um, they may not like they face smack during sex. Uh they may not want to try to get on a cross and, you know, have a paddle on them or get spanked or um, have a wine used on them. You know, people have all kind of... Mm-hmm. Um, they want they the lights all, off. <laughs> yeah, you know, they want the lights out. They, you know, mm-hmm. they, they missionary. want it missionary and, <laughs> and funky style. They don't want to do it outside. Mm-hmm. You know, what if we're too loud? The kids hear us, you know, all yeah. that kind of stuff. You know, um, BDSM, like I said, it just takes more time to do sessions you can have a you can have a relationship and not you know and and every time you have sex it's not going to be this grandiose thing but at least you know it's expected to do sessions which get elaborate so even if you're in a a 24 7 relationship you know once or twice a month have a session yeah or once a month have a session then all the other time you'd be kind of regular maybe a little kinky sex but then you have a session that makes it ooh. so the sessions become Planned for and more special. Yeah. Yes, but I, I mean, I think it's great because yeah. I don't know what it is to go to vanilla. Uh, I can't do that. Well, I, yeah. How about you? How about you? <laughs> What's the question? How is it for you? <gasps> oh, um, it's like, so this is what I said. This is how I've described it. It's the only thing that's ever been able to turn off my brain because I'm so focused on being in the moment and nothing else, and I mean nothing else, has ever accomplished that. Exactly. That's what being restrained does for you. Just, you know, I'm focused on his voice. Uh Uh-huh. Everything, everything's hypersensitive. It's like, 
I have this kind of like when I try to describe it to my, you know, vanilla friends, I say, imagine like you're just in this dark, dark room and then you're sitting there and just this, like the only thing is just this one, like really, really bright ray of light coming in. Like, and that's the, it's just all that stimulation. Like, and and it's all you can focus on. Everything else is dark. It's in the dark. Like, and where, where for me, where I'm just like, my mind is going, I'm multitasking. It's a million miles a minute. I'm, I may be, I may be typing and doing a text and podcasting. I mean, like I'm, I'm constantly moving, thinking, problem solving. And when, when it could just like, it could just be the hand on my knee or the sound mm-hmm. of his voice. And I'm like, I mean, I'm in line. Right. And I've never, never experienced that. So it's, it's like, that's why I said, like, when it's like, when I say it's like a drug. Yeah, it's like a drug. You fucking want that. (laughs) It's, it's when you go, oh my God, that's, I just hit that. I had that. And I want to preface this with saying like, I've never done crap, but I'm, or in much my exploration of the drug world has been very, very limited. But when I like, it's like having that hit, it's like having what I imagine having a hit of crack is like where you just go, where right. your mind just goes and gets chasing it. light and easy and nothing else matters. And that's what it's like. It's really, really interesting, but yes. you're, but you're getting those chemicals naturally. It's, it's quite, I mean, to me, I can't even, it, there's no comparison. Like I, I think about, I sit and I think about like the sex I've had with boyfriends in the past. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I just mm-hmm. want to, I almost want to, it's fine. Now I look, I go and that's, that's funny. You know, like, yeah. I, yeah, you're like, I wish I could erase that from my brain. <laughs> it's so, it's so unsatisfying to even have that memory. <laughs> yeah. I wish I could erase that from my brain. <laughs> And, and at the time I was like, oh yeah, this is good, you know, <laughs> because I'm having an orgasm. Well, now I'm having, you know, 10 during, during a session, you know, and, and, right. and they're forced on me and I can't even stop. And I'm just, a, uh, at the end a of mess. it, I'm a hot mess. Yeah. I'm yes. a hot mess, but I'm, I'm still wanting more. I mean, the craving doesn't go away. That's, no. that's it just starts. It's over. Oh, <laughs> Over. Oh my God. I'm getting all worked up. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have to calm myself here now. <laughs> yeah. I've, get the wine. <laughs> get the wine. Where is it? Damn it. Okay. I'm, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'll, I will head for that as soon as this is over. Okay. Last question. What? So, what? what's the best advice you can give to people who are just new, uh, don't have a lot of experience, and they want to explore this lifestyle? Google, uh, Google BDSM relationships, read up, um, read, uh, try to join, um, some websites. Uh, there's a couple of sites that you can get on like Fat Life and King Space, uh, and they have, uh, different information on there. There's a lot of crazy stuff on there. Um, but, uh, far as sexually wise is, you know, it's explicit, but, um, if you go in there for the information, you can get information on munches where people munches are functions where people get together in public places 
and meet up and talk about stuff. There's no sex or anything involved. There's no play involved. It's just people might meet at a cafe or people might meet at a different um, place in the central part of a city, blah, blah, blah. And uh, you get to meet people who's in a lifestyle that way. Um, and you can go in there and read personal uh, personal articles that people wrote about their experiences. So I would encourage people to do that. Google BDSM relationships. Learn what that is first. Learn what safe, sane, and consensual is. And then try to figure out who you are, what your role is in the lifestyle. In the lifestyle. And then uh, talk to some you know, talk to, to the opposite sex or the opposite spectrum and try to figure it out. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. That was great advice. Well, first of all, I want to just, we're, you know, we're, we're, we're going to wrap up our interview. Thank you so much for your time. You're welcome. So appreciated. And I really love everything you said and tell people where they can, if anybody wants to reach out to you, where can they reach you? They can um, they can reach me at Sir Inc. and that's INQ dot com. They can reach me on Facebook on Sir Inc. and we have a website. Uh it's a kink community called kinkspace.net and I'm Sir Inc. on there as well. All right. Well thank you so much. And I look forward to this year and our our interview exchange that we have coming yes yes i will make it uh, i have a lot of ideas from this one so all right get get ready to be in the hot seat Uh oh yes so just i'll tell my listeners so next i'm going to be in the hot seat i'm going to be interviewed uh so um we'll see how that goes all right well thanks everybody for listening as usual have a good evening and you know where you can find me Thanks so much for listening. And if you like what you hear, refer me to a friend. And make sure you're following me on social media. Also, go to the website, thecuriousgirldiaries.com, and join my subscribers-only list for access to exclusive content. And as usual, questions or comments, you can always email me at curiousgirl at thecuriousgirldiaries.com.